1: 225 274 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's word.
0: Hats off to the past, but coats off to the future. Hats off to the past, coats off to the future. As I start this morning, I just want to read some quotes for you. I found some really neat quotes when it comes to Fathers and Father's Day. So let me give you a couple this morning. Um, Robert Auburn said these words Life was a lot simpler and better when we honored, when what we honored was our fathers and mothers rather than major credit cards. Think about that. Any man can be a father, one writes, but it takes a special person to be a dad. Fathers, like mothers, are not born. Men grow into fathers. And fathering is a very important stage in their development. I like this one. It says this, Good fathers make good sons. Good, huh? A French proverb, Arnold Howard would like this one, or his family already know this one. A French proverb says this, a father is a banker provided by nature. I like that one. That's a French proverb. Listen to this one too, and and I can say amen to this. The older I get, the smarter my father seems to be. A father is a man who accepts his children Or let me rephrase that. A father is a man who expects his children to be as good as he meant to be. Do I have any witnesses in the house? (laughs) Expects his children to be as good as he meant to be. And last but not least, Father. To God Himself, we cannot give a greater, holier name. Think about that Father God. He is our Father. So all our fathers today, we honor you today, and we're so glad that you chose to be with us. I think Mr. Huss said it the best. He said, out of all the titles that I have ever received or ever been given in my life, the greatest title or the greatest one is the title of Dad. 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 There's nothing like it in the world to be called Dad But also with being a dad, with being a father, we're going to talk this morning that comes with that or what comes with that is also a great responsibility. So today, dads, I want to talk to you. I want to give a challenge to every one of our dads here. But it's also a challenge that is the same for every one of us. Don't just shut off and say he's just talking to dads today. I'm not. I'm talking to everyone here. I like how Jesus used to say it. Jesus used to say, He who has ears, let him. So what was Jesus saying? He wasn't excluding anyone. He said, if you're here and you've got ears, I have something to say. And I believe every time the Word of God is opened, even if it's for a funeral, even if it's for a wedding, even if it's for Mother's Day, even for a dedication, or even for a daily devotion in a kid's service, any time I believe the Word of God is opened, there's the opportunity of change that can take place in our lives. Do I hear an amen? Because God's Word is a challenge for us. I like what Hebrews 14, 12 tells us. Hebrews 14, 12 tells us that the Word of God is living. It's alive. So that means it's alive to meet your needs today. But there's another promise that I also love about the Word of God. And we can find this in Isaiah 55 verse 11, but we're going to read verse 10 too. It says this, for as the rain comes down, And as the snow from heaven, and they do not return there, but they water the earth and they make it bring forth a bud that it may give seed to the sower. Verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. In other words, God's saying is, just like it rains, just like it snows, just like it comes down from heaven, it waters the earth, it, which brings life. And what happens? It then produces a seed for the sower. There's a future, there's a hope. What God is saying is, just like that, so shall my word be, which comes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. God's word will not return empty. So today... Listen, because it's not going to return empty. Yes, we may be talking to dads, but there's a word, there's a truth, there's a life that we can find today for you. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things, God says, which I have sent it. And we know, or hopefully we know, the purpose of God's word, I believe, is really fivefold, and there's many other things that we could throw out there, but I believe God's word is to lead us, it's to guide us. It's to instruct us. It's to correct us. And the greatest, perhaps, of all, is it's to transform us, to change us, to revolutionize our lives. Put all those five in one box, and you can label it to make us more in His image, to make us more. Christ-like. That's the purpose of the Word of God for our lives. So how many believes today that through this Word, through the Word of God being spoken, your life can be changed? Come on, let me see a witness in the house. I do. I need to be changed. I'm telling you right now. I want God's Word to continually change me. So the title of my message today is Hats Off to the Past, but Coats Off to the Future. I actually heard this statement from a young guy called John Greeno in Norwich, England. I don't know if he came up with this statement, but I heard it when I was gone, and and as he said the statement, I began to write down some thoughts, and I said, there's my Father's Day message. Hats off to the past. When it talks about hats off to the past, it's talking about giving honor to all those things that have taken place in the past. It talks about honoring the past, and I believe that we should honor the past. We can all look back, hopefully in our lives, and honor things in our lives. We can look back at the accomplishments that we have achieved. We can look back at the things that we have been a part of. And I hope most of those moments you can look back on are things that you are proud of. That we can say, hats off to the past. Good job, guys. Good job. But really, the past is only half of the equation. We live not in the past, but we live in the today. We live in the moment. So thank God for the hats off. Thank God for all those who have done well and and, and have raised your kids well and are raising your kids well. Thank you. Thank you for providing. Thank you for being there. Thank you for loving. Hats off to the past. But is the job finished? I said, is the job done? No. No. Because that's only half of the equation. The rest of the equation is today, forward. And that's what I mean by coats off to the future. Because there's still a job to be done. If you've ever been outside and and you're doing something and there's a big job to be done, most of the time what you do, you take your coat off. Why? Because you're ready to sweat. You're ready to work. You're ready to roll up your sleeves. You're ready to tuck in. And get the job done. And I want to say to every one of you as fathers today, I don't care if you've raised your kids and you've got grandkids or great grandkids in the house. Hats off to you. But guess what? We still need you to get your coat off and help us. Because there's other generations, it's sad, but the reality tells us and society tells us many kids today don't have a father. You know, I'm not going to labor the point, but it was amazing. Kelly said, you know, it's hard to do a craft for the kids on Father's Day. Why on Mother's Day everyone's got a mum, But she said, last year we found out probably half of the kids almost did not have a father that they recognized. What does that mean? That means as grandparents, that means you as fathers, we need to also step up and be fathers to these other young men and women and those around us, that we need to be there for them. Step off. Hats off to the past. Good job. But the job's not finished. And only one day when the trumpet of God sounds will the job be finished. But until then, come on, it's coats off to the future. It's coats off to the future. I remember as a young guy... We had something that was going on in the church and we had to move the grand piano off of the platform onto the floor level. A grand piano, if you've ever tried to move one of those, just to push it is enough of a struggle. But actually lift those things, the platform was about four foot, five foot high and we had to carry it down some stairs and put it off to the side. And I remember that day, they gave me the task to take the piano off the platform. So what did I do? I got as many people as I possibly could to help me. Around a grand piano, you can get a lot of people around a grand piano. But one thing I learned that day is this. There was a lot of hands that were around that piano, but there was only a couple of people who were carrying the weight. How many knows what I'm talking about? A lot of people were looking the part and they were there and some of them even had a strain on their face, but I knew they weren't carrying nothing. Why? Because I think I had all the weight. But it's amazing, we can look in the same regards and we can label ourselves as dad. But I wonder if we've just got our hands on the situation. Or I wonder if we're really carrying the weight. And that's what I really want to challenge every dad in here today. Come on, it's time to carry the weight. I laugh at golf, there's many people that can fool you that they're good golfers. Why, look at how they dress. Golf is one of those sports that you can look the part. But you know what? How people look does not impress me. I wait till they get on the first tee and start to hit. Then you can see there's a lot of people who can look the part. But when they stand up there, you look and think, my God, you just wasted your money spending $200 on an outfit because you can't even play the sport. We can't afford to just look the part. We can't afford just to have our hands on the situation. Dads, we need to carry the weight. We need to produce the goods. Listen to this the responsibilities that you have are not for others to fulfill, it's not the role of the teachers at the schools to raise your children. It's not the roles of those in your neighborhood or those around you. It's not the roles or the responsibility of the grandparents or the aunts and uncles. It's not the responsibility of Josh, Kelly, Sarah, whoever in the children's situation that you are sending your children to on a Sunday and on a Wednesday. It's not their responsibility to raise your children. It's their responsibility to help, but not to raise. The responsibility that you have are not for others to fulfill. They are your responsibility for this reason. Why are they your responsibility? For you to step up and to fulfill it. I want you to turn with me this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 8 and 9. Two verses is where our message is coming from today. Carry the weight, Dad. Hats off to the past. Great job. But you know what? There's a greater job that still needs to be done. Coats off. Come on, let's get ready for the future. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 8 and 9. If you're with me still, say amen. amen. Good job. As we turn to this passage, let me explain the context of where we take our verses. Paul is writing or literally closing his letter to the church of Corinth. And what he is telling them is he is laying out for them his personal plans, the plans that he has to come to them. He wants to spend time with them. He doesn't want to kind of just nip in and and visit them for a couple of days on his way to Macedonia. He wants to kind of bypass them in order to be able to spend more time with them. But in the middle of his plans he also draws another conclusion that we're going to read of today. And that is this. He feels that he needs to delay his plans because something of greater importance has come up. His plan is to come, but not right now. Because there is a need in Ephesus that he realizes that he must meet. Let's read then verse 8 and 9. Paul says these words, But I will tarry in Ephesus till Pentecost. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Let me read that again. Paul says this, but I'm going to wait in Ephesus. There's a season of opportunity. There's a season here that I must focus on. It's so easy I could move on and I could go somewhere else. But Paul said there's a need here right now that I must step up and fulfill. Why? Because he says, for a great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. Verse nine in the New Living Translation, you can keep that one up Tammy for me. It says these words, there is a wide open door For a great work here, although there are some who will oppose me. The Message Bible says it this way, A huge door of opportunity for good work has opened up here. But there is also mushrooming opposition. Paul desires to stay he desires to delay his plans, to wait for a season. Why? Because there's an opportunity that he sees, particularly in this passage, to serve the people of Ephesus, to serve the people in his city. There is an opportunity that he cannot pass by. What does he say? There's a great and effective door that's open. You know that word effective literally is a mega. What does mega mean? large, there is a mega opportunity that is presenting itself to me. Fathers, today I want to talk about the mega opportunity that is presenting each one of us today. And that is this, to be a dad to not only our children, but in our home. There is an opportunity. See, we can so easily, with the hustle and bustle of life, we can skip on to the fact of being a successful businessman. That's great. And we honor you for that too. But if you are sacrificing the opportunity of your family for the success in business, then I hate to tell you this, you're going through life the wrong way. Oh, there's great opportunities to go out and do these things. There's great opportunities. You know, I went and looked at my Uncle Graham. My Uncle Graham is a great guy. He, he's pretty wealthy and he's got some money. And I looked and I went around his house and he opened this door and there was garages and they were full of like eight cars. And, and then he said, there's another garage over here. And he opened and there was five cars. And he says, I've got another garage about nine miles down the road. And these weren't normal cars. I mean, one of the cars was a stretch limo that was owned by John Lennon. Another one beside it was a stretch limo that was owned by the gentleman who started Cirque du Soleil. And then there was this other little Mercedes that was a collector's edition that had the suicide doors. There was a Porsche Turbo, my favorite, sitting right there. But then he said, come and have a look in here. And he opened up and here sat two Ferraris side by side. And I said to him, I thought you had a Bentley. He said, oh, that's in my other shed somewhere else. Why do I say that? Because he's raised two boys and now what does he do? He's got the opportunity now just to do what he has always wanted to do in life. Collect cards and do those things. we can dream of the opportunities. Kelly and I have got a dream. Our dream is when our kids are out of the house, we're going to rent or buy a little RV and we're going to tour the West Coast for a couple of months just to go up there and just go out and have a good time. All those great things, but I'm telling you right now, those opportunities need to wait. Because there's a mega opportunity that's presenting itself right now. We cannot briskly move beyond the role. Because whether we realize it or not, every one of us made a choice to be a dad. Hello? You made the choice. You may not have been thinking right at the time, but you made the choice. And now what do you do? Do you allow, perhaps, from a wrong choice that you made, your children? There's a mega opportunity that we need to seize. Come on, guys, we need to step up. We need to step up. But listen... He has got ears, you need to hear this too. There's a mega opportunity. Think of the opportunities that you are placed in right now. Your workplace, your neighborhood, your school, your college. There's a mega opportunity that we can so easily, easily skip past and say, oh, if only I could have another job. Listen, Paul said, I've got to wait. There's a season. There's an opportunity right here. Yes, there's opposition, but guess what? The, there's a job that still needs to be done. And here's why we need to seize the mega opportunity. Because as I just said, Paul goes on to say there's an adversary. There's those who oppose. Satan is wanting to do everything within his power to steal our families. Come on, to take our children. To come in to our homes and to destroy their future. And Paul recognizes an opportunity of which he's going to do something about. And I want to ask you today, will you do the same? I like how Paul sees the situation. He knows the opposition. He knows what he's up against. In fact, Paul knows it better than most of us do because his life so often was threatened by the fact of him even preaching the gospel. I know he knew the opposition. He knew the attack. I mean, our opposition many times is people not talking to us anymore. And the problem is, when we, or really when we look at it, we're probably better off without those people anyway. So really, the things that we think are the worst end up being the best for our lives. We don't face the fact that people are throwing rocks at us. We don't face the fact that people are smashing our windows and and doing all these crazy things against us. That was the kind of opposition that Paul was with his life. But where was his focus? Where was his focus? Was it on the adversary or was it on the opportunity? Today, where is our focus? Is our focus on the attacks, the opposition? the adversary, or is our focus on the opportunity? It's amazing how so often we react to the negative instead of responding to the positive. We're getting ready to do something in our youth ministry, and that is this. We're getting ready to contact every parent of those who send their children to our church. You know why we're doing that? Because we want to thank every parent for allowing us the privilege of teaching their kids. We want to say that we're so glad we feel our church is a better place for them being here. Why? Because we don't want the first point of contact to be, Johnny's acting up and we need to send him home. We want people to know the fact that we're seizing the opportunity. Yes, there's an adversary. Yes, there's struggles. But we want to go after the opportunities. It's amazing how many people respond to the negative or react to the negative instead of responding to the positive. You see, I have chosen in my life not to see these days as many people choose to see them. I'm not talking about the secular media. They're they're painting a bad enough picture, but you can turn on Christian TV. You can turn on Christian radio. You can listen to other people. And it's depressing. Anyone know what I'm talking about? It's depressing. As they're just gloom, doom and despair. But you know what? I have made a decision, and I have made a choice to see the opportunity that we have before everything else that will follow. I've heard people say this, and I know you probably have too. Why ever would you want to bring up children in a society like this? I mean, it's not a fit world to bring up children. Why would you want to have children? I've heard people say, everything is just getting worse, and everything is just getting worse. I've heard others say, there's little or no hope. And I'm sure we could go on and on, recalling what the soothsayers have said. But here's my stand. I believe that we are living in the greatest days ever. I said, I believe we're living in the greatest days ever. Yes, there's times of adversity. Yes, there's hard times around us. But the hard times are still better, I believe, than there has ever been. There's a mega opportunity for us today to stand up, to carry our weight, to show the world what it means to be a child of God. And in our situation, as we're talking about today, to be a godly father, to be a dad who honors God. Come on, there's a mega opportunity. How do you see things around you today? Do you see the adversary or do you see the opportunity? Because you've heard me say it so many times, the darker the night means the brighter the light, the greater opportunity that you and I have. I've got four points I want to give you today. Point number one is this, it's time we seize the moment. Dad, it's time we seize the moment. It's time that we recognize the opportunities that are presenting themselves to us right now. Now I know this, many of you here may have regrets of how you've raised your children. Maybe you've had regrets about the way you've lived your life and the example that you have given. Maybe you would say, I haven't done the best. Maybe your track record is not something that you're really proud of. But that can change. I said, that can change. That can change, and it can change right now. Because the Bible tells us that today is a new day. With new opportunities that we can take on. So what do we do? It's time to seize your moment today. Don't live in the past. Don't try and make up for the past. Because many times in trying to prove yourself to make up for the past, you end up also destroying your present and future. Just realize today's a new day. I'm going to seize the moment that has been given to me right now. I'm going to learn from God's word. I'm going to surround myself with godly men. Listen, if you don't know how to be a godly father, find a godly father and follow his example. I like what Pastor Dino said when he came and spoke at our church anniversary last year. He said these words, I learned how to be a man from the house of God. As I came to church, as I got around other men, he said, I learned what it was and how it played out to be a true man of God. It's never too late. Come on, I said it's never too late. It's never too late to seize the moment. Yes, we've maybe wasted time, but seize the moment. Don't let another moment pass by. Be like Paul. Realize there's a mega opportunity here that we've got to seize the moment. You see, to seize the moment is just like to draw a line in the sand like Moses did. And he said, if you're with me, you cross over. Come on, we need to draw a line from our past and realize today is a new opportunity. Seize the moment. Don't go back. Go forward. What did Joshua say? Joshua said this in Joshua 24 and verse 15, paraphrase. He says, you make all your own decisions. You make your decisions what you want to do with your life. But he said these words, as for me and my house, we're going to... Serve the Lord. He seized the moment. Which leads me to the second point, And that is this. You're not in it for the popular vote. Come on, dad. You're not in it for the popular vote. To seize the opportunity may not always work for all. Think about that statement. To seize the opportunity may not always work for all. Because everyone perhaps is not going to see it as you see it. But here's the question I asked myself, and that was this. Did God call me to be a friend, or did God call me to be a parent? You know the answer to that? God called us to be both. But He called us to be a parent first. Did God call us to be a friend or a parent? He called us to be both. But our responsibility is what? Parent first. And then friend second. Joshua, we just heard of it in twenty four fifteen of Joshua. Joshua made the decision for his family. He made the decisions for his home. He didn't run in a home where they had a vote of what they did. He said, For as for me and my house, we're going to be in church on Sunday. As for me and my house, we're going to tithe. As for me and my house, we're going to honor God. doesn't matter the past. We're living today. He seized the moment and he said, this is a new day. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I wonder what choice our families are living in because they're living in the choice that we have made. We can look and say, I can't believe my kids are doing this. I can't believe my kids are doing that. And there are times where kids are going to go off and do those things. We understand and realize that. But we better make sure that they're not living the choice that we fail to make. Listen to me. We've got to make the right choice. To choose God's way for your family is always the best in the end. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's always the best in the end. But you've got to encounter some rough terrain to get there. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Let me, let me explain that to you. God's way is always the best at the end. When I was a kid growing up, I thought my parents were sent to this world to make my life miserable, boring, and be all about church. I mean, every decision they had was Christian-based, and whether it was honoring... Oh, <coughs> excuse me, or living for God. Now it was the best at the end as I look at it now, but during the time I did not see it as such. But it's amazing as the older I get, as I began to begin to reflect and look back upon my lives, can I tell you what I thought was making my life boring and miserable, because it was all about church, has produced the most exciting and most memorable memories that I have in my life. I just went back to a camp reunion, 40 years of doing youth camps. I wasn't a part of every one of those camps. I think I went to about 30 of those camps as a little child and grew up, and then I was one of the campers, one of the teenagers. I saw people last weekend, that many that I hadn't seen for 20, 25 years, and saw these people. But it was amazing story after story that was told and the happiness and the joy. The memories were absolutely incredible. But what I've realized is this, as I look back in my past and the memories that weren't quite so good and the memories that were miserable. I can honestly today look back and say they were all as a result of my choices That I chose to make. Thinking it was the best choice for that moment. Thinking it was the best pathway for that day. If only I'd have listened. To dad and mum. But as I look back today. On my life. I see a legacy that my parents. Left me. A foundation upon which I can build a successful future. I'm glad my dad wasn't my best friend. I'm glad my dad was. My parent. Number three, don't be wishy-washy. Don't be wishy-washy. In order to make the best of every opportunity, we've got to be constant. There's so much inconsistency out there today. So much this way and that way, in and out, up and down. Parents, where do we think the consistency of our kids is going to come from? It's not going to come through TV or they'll have consistently wrong values. The consistency of our children comes as a result of the consistency of our lives. As I went back to our church in England and saw these people, there were some who had wandered away from God. But can I tell you, probably 95% of those whose parents were consistent, their parents were faithful and committed to the house of God, about 95% of their kids are still in the house of God now with their kids. Why? Because of the consistency they saw in their parents. They're now living the consistency today. Some of you can look back and say, there was inconsistency in my past and you realize it's affecting you today. But listen, seize the moment. There's a mega opportunity right now, today, for you to take. Seize the moment. One thing I can say about my dad is this, I always knew where he stood. In fact, a lot of times I didn't even bother to ask dad because I knew the answer before I even asked. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I mean, you could slice it, dice it, present it any way you wanted. But hey, if it wasn't right and it wasn't wholesome and it wasn't godly, son, you ain't doing it. I remember, you know, growing up as kids, my parents, they, they didn't allow us at those times to go to any kind of professional soccer games or anything like that. And I remember at nine o'clock every Saturday evening, there used to be a show on England on the TV that was called Match of the Day. A match of the day would highlight different soccer matches of that day. And it would show about 15 minute segments and then it would show all the goals. Well, one afternoon or one Saturday evening, we were all around my uncle's house. And we were all around the TV because we loved soccer. And we were all around the TV at nine o'clock. Match of the day came on, and the music was da 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 da. I still hear it sometimes when I call my dad, and he said, "Listen to this, Philip. Still playing the same music. Match of the day, Saturday night." So we we're all excited. We we're all around the TV. But you know what? We knew something our uncle did not know, and that was this: his son went to the game Saturday. And he didn't know. But guess what game they featured that night? They featured Norwich City playing. The featured game. We're all around the TV. This is great. My cousin, he is smiling from ear to ear. He was at that game, but he did not realize the TV cameras were also there. There was a corner kick that was taken. The corner kick went around and it filmed the front row of the section right there. And sitting on the front row was my cousin smiling from ear to ear. But all of a sudden, the room went quiet. He was in trouble. I said, he was in trouble. We can look back and say, oh, man, that was... A little bit harsh. I mean, what was wrong with those things? Can I tell you? The rules and that which my parents instilled in our lives, it's done me no harm. I said it's done me no harm. In fact, it's done me a whole lot of good. You see, we cannot live our lives escaping certain scriptures. Many of us choose or think we can Well, I just kind of don't like that, so I'll just skip around that and do this. You know, there's a verse or a couple of verses in the Bible that many of us wish that we could skip around and we could avoid, but we can't. It comes from James chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, and it says this, For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything for the Lord. For he is. He's explaining what that man is that he just said in the previous verse. He says, for he is a double-minded man. Wishy-washy. And as a result, he will be unstable in... It's amazing in Greek, all means all too. Did you know that? I mean, all is all. He's going to be unstable in all of his ways. The lack of consistency in our lives will play out in our character. It will affect who and what we are. Come on, guys, we need to be consistent. Parents, you need to be consistent in your homes. We're going to be consistent in this church. We're going to follow that which we believe is the truth of God's word. You see, Paul saw the moment of opportunity. He seized it. He remained faithful to the task that was at hand. Your moment today. Your moment today is you're a dad. Maybe your moment today is you're a mother. Maybe your moment today is you're a daughter, you're a husband, you're a wife, you're a grandparent, you're a neighbor. Maybe your moment today is you're a Christian. But come on, it's time to seize that moment. It's time to remain faithful. Look at this quote that I came up with. And it says this, faithfulness doesn't just happen, it becomes. Think about that. Faithfulness doesn't just happen. It becomes as what? As you maintain the course, it becomes. It takes place in your life. Faithfulness isn't something you can turn off and turn on. Faithfulness is what you are. It becomes you. As we remain faithful, faithfulness will spring up from that. Again, it's never too late unless you don't do it. Then it's too late. So I need to bring this to a close this morning. Hats off to the path. But let's get our coats off to the future. I've heard this said many times. The best is yet to come. How many of you have heard that statement? The best is yet to come. I believe God's word tells us the best is yet to come. But I also believe to that best there are certain clauses that you and I must realize are presented to I believe if the best is going to come, then you and I need to strive to be the best that we can be. Do I hear an amen? If we want the best to come, we need the best that we can be. I didn't say that we need to be perfect, but we need to be living right. Here's my definition of living right. Not having to worry about whatever you say or do being seen by anyone. People know what's right and what's wrong. That's not even talking about God's Word. We just know what's right and wrong. We know inside of us what's right and wrong. Look at these kids who are doing wrong. What's the first thing they do? They're looking over their shoulder to see who's watching. If you've got to look over your shoulder, guess what? You're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong. So I believe that the best is going to come. We need to be the best that we can possibly be. That means if there's sin in our life, we need to deal with that. We need to get rid of those things. Why? Because it may be just a little thing, but it can become so big to our children. Because after all, the Bible tells us in Mark 4 verse 22, whatever is done in the dark, is going to one day be brought to the light. What you may think is hidden and no one sees, we know God does. But many times those sins in your life are going to become exposed. So as I close this morning, point number four. We've got to have the right perspective. Paul had the right perspective and therefore he seized his opportunity. Remember Joshua and Caleb? They were only two out of the twelve spies that went into the land of Canaan. You can read the whole story in Numbers chapter 13. But what did they do? They brought back a different report from the other ten. Here's what 10 said. Are you ready? Here's what 10 said. They said, you know what? Indeed, the land is magnificent. The land is great. Can you picture them? Two of them are carrying with a stick between them or a pole between them. The Bible says two of them are carrying one bunch or one cluster of grapes. How many of you knows that that must have been a big bunch of grapes? It's never taken me two people to take some grapes out of Walmart or Albertsons. Any of you? Come on, that was a big bunch. Two of them are carrying. And the Bible says they also had figs, I believe it was, and pomegranates. Where the grapes were that big. I wonder how big the figs and the pomegranates were. I mean, they probably didn't take a whole lot out. It probably took one each. So they're coming in and they're standing before the children of Israel. They're seeing these massive grapes. I've got to be, you know, this is my picture in my head. You know, grapes about the size of basketballs, you know, on this thing, on this big cluster, two people carrying them. I, I don't know how big they are. Just let me, it's my message so I can just say that. But they were big grapes, big grapes. And they're talking about how magnificent it is. Can you hear the children of Israel? Wow, if the grapes look like that, whatever must the melons be like? I mean, come on. And they're talking about how magnificent it is and it's great. But what did they do? Oh, it's magnificent, it's great. However, nevertheless, the people are greater, stronger, and more badder. It's not a word, but it sounds good. They're bigger than us. You know what they said? They said these words, our adversaries outweigh the opportunity. Our adversaries outweigh the opportunity. But listen to what two people said as Caleb stood up and he quieted the people in Numbers thirteen thirty. He said, let us go up at once and let us possess that land. Let's go and take what God has for us. For we are well able to overcome it. You know what he was saying? We're well able to face every adversary, every opposition, every attack of Satan, we have the power through God to be able to not only stand up against it, but to conquer it and be victorious over it. It's amazing, 12 men all had the same experience, but only two, Joshua and Caleb, focused on something different. I wonder what the perspective is of our lives, how my kids are out of control and I'm not respected in my home. Things aren't going no matter the decisions. I wonder what the focus is of our lives today because you know what? We can see many things that are perhaps not the truth, but they will rob us and our children of future blessings and generations. Paul, just like Joshua and Caleb, refused to be distracted by his adversaries, by the obstacles. But he focused on serving the people of God. Our focus today must be our homes, our families, our children, our future. Through them. Oh, there's adversaries, there's attacks, there's these things. But you know what? Just like Joshua and Caleb, I believe the word to every one of you as parents, as fathers, today is this, you're well able. You're well able with God. You see, there are many opportunities that may be wrapped in oppositions. But having the right perspective will win the day every time. Let me read that one more time. There are many opportunities that may be wrapped with opposition, but having the right perspective will win the day every time. Today, Dad, you're well able. I said, Today, Dad, you are well able. You have what it takes to be the success your family needs you to be. You've just got to do it. You've just got to seize the moment. That which is presented to you right now. Forget the past. Today, forward. Hats off to the past, but coats off to the future. Be the parent first. Make the right choice. Be consistent and stick with it. And have the right perspective in your heart. Why? Because Paul recognized there was a window of opportunity that if he did not seize, guess what? Your kids are going to be grown. And they're going to be out of your house. There's a window, a mega opportunity that is presenting itself right now. You must seize the opportunity. The moment right now. And then as Paul says, then other things can follow. Other things can follow in your life, but your number one priority, that which you must seize, the mega opportunity right now, is your family and your home. Hats off to the past. But I want to know today how many people are going to take their coat off to the future. How many people are going to make history? I've got a little napkin that they put on my tray on the plane that was from Coca-Cola celebrating 125 years. They put the cup on top of it. I took the cup off and I began to read the words, and it's in my office. I wish I'd have brought it in today. But it basically says this, we have been proudly serving you for 125 years. And the secret is our secret formula. That from the very first taste to the last, it's the best. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve you for 125 years. But you know what the last words it's still on that thing? But we are just getting started. How incredible. 125 years, hats off to the past. But we're just getting started. Come on, it's coats off to the future. The past is just the warm-up. Come on. The main event is right now. Seize the opportunity. The mega opportunity. The moment that you have. Come on, coats off to the future. Would you stand with me this morning?